Matt Walsh's phone is hacked and the tolerant left celebrates. Fox News signs a $787 million track to Dominion voting systems to avoid a trial. And Disney puts Mickey and Minnie in rainbow LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign uniforms. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, last night, my friend Matt Walsh was hacked. His phone was hacked. Apparently, somebody actually duplicated his SIM card. There are only a couple of ways in which that can happen. As far as I understand, one is that somebody actually physically got access to Matt's phone. The other is that somebody actually mimicked Matt to the phone company and had them send a duplicate SIM card. In any case, last night, late last night, people started tweeting out from Matt Walsh's Twitter account, a bunch of just vile kind of garbage. It was all shut down pretty quickly. But the, the important thing to recognize about the radical left trans movement particularly is just how aggressive they are. When I say aggressive, I don't mean like aggressive in their point of view. They are. But I mean aggressive as in they will cross any line in order to go after people they consider to be their enemies. So if you just say a man cannot be a woman and a woman cannot be a man and a man who believes he is a woman is wrong. If you just say that, which is what Matt Walsh does, if you ask people to define the word woman and they can't, people get so angry at you that they will hack your phone, that they will provide security threats sufficient that Matt has to have pretty much 24-7 security on his house, that he's had to cancel speeches due to the level of security threats that have been levied against him. And the tolerant left, they are so tolerant. Because the point here is when the left shows you who they are, when the radical left, not everybody on the left, when the radical left shows you who they are, believe them. So last night, after Matt's phone was hacked, a bunch of the sort of left-wing blue checks on Twitter, the influencers, we might say, they came out of the woodwork in order to celebrate somebody being hacked. Now, there are a lot of people on the left whose perspectives I do not particularly like. There are a lot of people on the left who I strenuously disagree with. Many on the left who I believe their, their viewpoints actually reflect ideological wrong and evil. But am I in favor of their phones being hacked or their computers being hacked? Of course not. That's absurd. We still live in a civil society in which crime should be treated as crime. But this does not hold true if you violate the scruples of the left. So, for example, Alejandro Caraballo, who is uh, a man who believes that he is a woman and has had some surgeries to prove it. A wise Latina clinical instructor at Harvard Law at the Cyber Law Clinic, which, by the way, Harvard Law should take a very serious look at why somebody should be teaching at the Harvard Law Cyber Clinic, Cyber Law Clinic, who believes that it is a good and and useful thing to hack other people's phones. This person also writes for Wired and Slate and tweeted out, Matt Walsh's account has been hacked. Couldn't have happened to a more miserable piece of bleep. Now that seems like somebody who should probably be educating your kids, young adults, over at the Harvard Law Cyber Law Clinic. That seems like a perfectly appropriate response from, a, from an academic, an academic who writes for Wired and Slate, Alejandro Caraballo. And of course, Alejandro Caraballo is able to get away with this sort of stuff because Alejandro Caraballo is at the top of the intersectional list. This happens to be a wise Latina, Latino, who believes that he is a Latino, which is like so many checks on the intersectional checkmark list that you can say anything, including celebrating when somebody's phone gets hacked. Or take, for example, Ron Filipkowski. So Ron Filipkowski is a, is a person who is, of course, another radical leftist. He uh, has been seen on the BBC, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, and he tweeted out, Matt Walsh got hacked, and the last hour of his account has been fun. Again, it's all fun and games when it happens to somebody that you disagree with, obviously. Occupy Democrats, which is another left-wing blue-checked account, they tweeted out, breaking, far-right transphobe Matt Walsh appears to have had his Twitter account hacked as it begins pumping out deeply offensive tweets. 
And then it quotes a couple of these tweets, which are absurd. Retweet, all caps. Retweet if you think that the hack couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Because this is the way that it works. Again, for my, for my enemies, anything is sufficient, according to the radical left. Just delightful, delightful. These are the kind, nice, tolerant people. They're so kind and nice and tolerant that if you disagree with them, they want to see criminal things happen to you. They want to see, you want to know why America is getting more and more polarized? Because there are people in public life on the left who say this sort of stuff and nobody on the left actually condemns it. I'd like to see somebody on the left say that Alejandro Caraballo is doing something deeply wrong by celebrating a phone hacking or for Ron Filipkowski or Occupy Democrats or for example, Imani Gandhi who is a writer for Rewire News Group, who tweeted out in very similar fashion that this was delightful. She tweeted, ugh, this bleep again, clicks on Matt Walsh's trending topic. Oh, how delightful. It's delightful when your enemies get hacked. Or for example, reporters like Stephen Monticelli, who is a writer for The Daily Beast. Stephen Monticelli tweeted out, just putting this out there, but it would really be something if whoever hacked Matt Walsh's blog leaks the DMs. And this is always the rule, right? If they leak Donald Trump's tax returns, that's good. If there is a leak of national security secrets under Joe Biden, that's bad. If they leak a bunch of stuff about Donald Trump and his administration from the inside to Alexander Vindman leaking Ukraine docs, that's good. If there is a leak that targets Democrats, that's bad. So I have a, I have a perspective on all of this, which is generally speaking, leaks are bad. And also generally speaking, phone hackings are bad. And if we live in a society where we respect each other as, you know, members of the same civilization, you shouldn't celebrate when criminal things happen to your political opponents. But the left seems to have, like the fact that they say this stuff out loud without any fear of blowback is kind of incredible. Imagine if, for example, a Democratic operative, a person on the left, and say John Lovett from Pod Save America got hacked, his phone got hacked. And I immediately went online. I started talking about how wonderful it was that he'd gotten hacked. First of all, it'd be absurd. It'd be disgusting. But the entire left would correctly call me out and suggest that it's terrible because law-breaking is bad. But this is the rule. If, you're on, if you have the correct perspective, then law-breaking is fine. Law-breaking is just evidence that you, are, that you are really, really motivated. In fact, the more laws you break, the more motivated you are. This is why the left has a tough time with looting, for example. If it's left-wing looting, they're like, oh, well, they are really committed to the cause. I mean, they may have gone a little far, a little far, but we got to understand where they're coming from. Again, the, the, we've got to understand where they're coming from routine when it comes to lawbreaking is absolutely inappropriate. But unfortunately, this is the way the left works. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the biggest news of the day, which is, of course, Fox News paying out nearly $800 million to Dominion Voting Systems. It's the largest media settlement of all time, bar none. It is not close. We'll get to that momentarily first. You remember when Silicon Valley Bank failed? Well, when, the reason that it failed is because Silicon Valley Bank had relied apparently on the full faith and credit of the United States government. They bought a lot of government bonds. When they bought all of those government bonds, they assumed that the federal government would not be raising the interest rates radically because inflation wouldn't run out of control. The, in, the interest rates did radically increase. The price of their bonds went down. They had all their assets in now devalued bonds. And so they went under. What does this teach you? Well, what it should teach you is that you might want to take some of your money and put it in a precious metal that the government cannot actually manipulate. A true economic crisis is, in fact, going to happen. That's why you should consider diversifying at least some of your assets into precious metals, which is why I own gold from Birch Gold in preparation for uncertain economic times. And you can trust them, too. Gold can help you hedge against inflation because its value tends to rise when the cost of living increases. Unlike other assets like paper currency, the supply of gold is limited, which can help maintain its value over time. If you're looking for a smart and safe investment opportunity, get in touch with my friends at Birch Gold. They can help you convert your IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in precious metals. Text Ben to 989898. Get a free info kit on gold. Start investing in your financial future. 
today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is the company I trust to protect my future and yours. Again, text Ben to 989898 today to get started. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick-charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so... The big news yesterday is that Fox News has now paid out $787 million to avoid a trial. They're being sued by Dominion Voting Systems for $1.6 billion. So they ended up settling for approximately half of what they're actually being sued for, which is actually a really big settlement amount. It's a huge settlement amount. Fox News generally supposedly has, in terms of like cash and and cash equivalent assets, about $4.2 billion. So that's actually a hefty chunk of change out of their asset base. The, the reason that they settled is because this, they, they were hoping this would be dismissed on summary judgment. They were hoping that the defamation trial against Dominion, Dominion is, in fact, a public company. Uh, what I mean by that is that they, they are not actually like a private actor. The way that it works in defamation law is that if I attack somebody and that person is considered a private person, the standard is lower for defamation. They can sue me for defamation without having to show malice and intent. So the, the way that it works, if you attack a public figure, if I were to attack somebody publicly, if I attack Joe Biden, for example, Joe Biden can't sue me for defamation unless he can prove actual malice, right? Actual malice. Like I knew that it was false. I said it anyway, and I did it because I hate him. And I knew a, a forethought, like I knew beforehand that it was, that it was actually false. So Dominion had to prove that standard. The case that they were making is that Fox News knew full well when it started voting crazy theories from people like Sidney Powell that Dominion voting systems had been hacked and that all of the vote totals had been changed in the aftermath of election 2020, that Fox News and its personalities knew full well that all of that was nonsense and they aired it anyway. Now, Fox News had some wiggle room in terms of its defense because the, the typical answer to that is that you can do the just asking questions kind of thing. Now, the question is, how far does that go? Right? If, you're, if you're a news channel and you say, listen, I'm just asking questions as to whether your mother is a prostitute. I'm just asking questions about that. Is that defamation? It, it, it's kind of borderline, right? Because I, like, I know your mom isn't a but if I say on the air, you know, I'm just asking questions as to whether your mom is a and here's Bob over here and he's going to make the argument that your mom is a I'm really not going to challenge Ramana very much. I'm just going to kind of let him say it. Is that defamation or is that not? That's essentially what Dominion Voting Systems was arguing in this particular case. And Fox was making the case that they actually exist inside this window of the just asking questions, investigating all possible theories. So before the actual trial was slated to take place, there's a First Amendment expert at the University of Utah named Ron Nell Anderson-Jones who says it isn't enough to show that Fox made a conscious decision to amplify election denialism generally in its coverage. Dominion has to show that the people who are responsible for creating or platforming the false statements about Dominion had knowledge the statements were false. It's about connecting the dots. And this is why the, the leaks that came out the, or the data that came out in the discovery 
from the text messages of people like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity or Laura Ingram suggesting that they knew that a lot of this stuff was crap. That's why Dominion was relying on that. And what Fox was really doing here was preventing its host from having to get on the stand because they would have had to be put on the stand by Dominion and they would have had to testify whether or not they knew that Dominion's claims were right and that Sidney Powell and Trump's claims were wrong. And that would have been damaging to Fox in two ways. One, it would have damaged Fox because it would have shown, presumably, that these hosts were, quote unquote, lying to their audiences. This is what Dominion was hoping to prove. And two, it would have suggested to the audience of Fox that actually Donald Trump has been lying all along since November about what actually happened with Dominion voting systems and all the like, right? Donald Trump has been out there, I kid you not, actually saying that Fox should have gone to trial and then at trial should have argued that he was right in the first place and Dominion voting systems actually did have its systems hacked, which would have been insane. I mean, totally crazy. Trump had made that case because, of course, Trump's not the one who has to pay the price for any of that. Fox News would have had to pay the price for that. And the, the judge in this particular case had already suggested that it was perfectly clear Eric Davis, who was the judge in the Delaware Superior Court, he had already said that it was perfectly clear that the claims against against Dominion were totally false. The ones that were being made by Trump's team and by some people on Fox News platforming them, those claims were, were false. Right? Davis declared in a pre-trial ruling last month, it was crystal clear the allegations were false. But that, of course, was not the end of the case. Politico said libel suits are notoriously difficult to win in the United States, thanks to the New York Times versus Sullivan decision of 1964, in which the Supreme Court ruled that it wasn't enough for a public figure to show a news organization published something false about them to win a defamation case. Instead, accusers have to show actual malice, which means that the outlet either knowingly published a falsehood or published one with reckless disregard for the truth. But of course, there was a lot of kind of juicy stuff in the documents. So there were Tucker Carlson's candid characterizations of Stop the Steal Attorney-in-Chief Sidney Powell. He labeled her a liar, an unguided missile who is dangerous as hell and tantamount to poison. There's a Lou Dobbs producer who in January 2021 calls Rudy Giuliani so full of bleep. Laura Ingram had suggested that he was such an idiot and Sean Hannity had labeled him an insane person. Right? All of this sort of stuff came up in the documents. Noah Feldman, who is a left winger over at Harvard, he says it's hard to get evidence to prove that someone in the media knew something was false. What's unusual in this case is there's a lot of evidence that these people knew that the claims were false. But again, knowing it's false and thinking it's false are not quite the same thing. Because what you could do is you could say, you know, I think it's false. Like I'm, I'm almost certain it's false, but I still have an obligation to air the other side of the argument, which is the case presumably that Fox would have had to make at the trial. They didn't want it to go to trial because if they get in front of a jury, very likely that the jury hits them with a full penalty. And not only that, it would have been very bad for their host. So instead, what they decided to do was pay out this giant settlement. And again, this is the largest media settlement in American history by a factor of about five. The last media settlement was this, that, that was this large is, I believe, when there was an attempt to pay off like the beef industry after, after Oprah stepped in it by attacking the beef industry way back when. That was like $120 million. This is like $800 million. We'll get to more on this in just one second. And, and also what it means for media coverage generally. And the celebration of left-wing media, which routinely lie, but don't get sued for it. And when they do, that kind of goes away. We'll talk about that momentarily. First, the economy gets worse by the day. It's time to change your spending habits. If you haven't changed the way you buy meat yet, you really should. Let me give you three reasons to subscribe to Good Ranchers. First, Good Ranchers gives you free bacon for a year. That's a pound and a half of bacon in every single box. That's a $240 value. Second, Good Ranchers offers a price lock guarantee, meaning when you subscribe, your price doesn't change for the length of your subscription. When the price of meat is expected to increase by another 4.5% in the coming year, it could be a huge savings for you and your family. Third, Good Ranchers meat is unlike any other. Their all-natural burgers, USDA prime steaks, better than organic chicken, will change your standard for great meat. My friends at Good Ranchers have pledged never to source meat from any farm that uses unapproved experimental treatments and medicines in their animals. 
So how do I know that Good Ranchers does like the best job with their meat? Well, because they actually went out of their way to get me the single kosher steak they have ever made. And then I ate it. And let me tell you, it was just spectacular. Good Ranchers is giving you free bacon for a year. It's a pound and a half of bacon in every box, a $240 value. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com. Use my code Ben for 20 bucks off your order. You'll get free bacon, great meat, secure price, 20 bucks off your first order. Use promo code Ben at GoodRanchers.com. Again, that's GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. Okay, so according to the Wall Street Journal, Fox Corporation has agreed to pay $787.5 million. It's such a big chunk of change to settle its legal battle with Dominion Voting Systems just before the start of a trial on the voting machine company's allegations that it was defamed by network broadcasts after the 2020 presidential election. Legal observers said that the agreement was the largest known media defamation settlement ever in the United States. It ends a two-year legal battle that has threatened Fox News and cast an unflattering spotlight on its inner workings. The Superior Court judge, as I mentioned, had already concluded that both Fox News and Fox Business broadcast false claims about Dominion, voiced by both network hosts and Trump associates. Fox in a statement acknowledged the judge's findings. So the Fox statement said that they, the settlement reflected, quote, its continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our decisions resolve this dispute with Dominion amicably instead of the acrimony of a divisive trial allows the country to move forward from these issues. So Fox News does not have to make any apologies. This is what the left wanted. The left wanted an apology. Fox is like, we're not making an apology. We're not going to make our hosts get on the air and apologize for their coverage or anything like that. We're just going to sign you a giant ass check. And Dominion, because it's a business, like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll take the giant check. Dominion's chief executive, John Powell, said in a statement, throughout this process, we have sought accountability and believe the evidence brought to light through this case underscores the consequences of spreading and endorsing lies. Now, again, listen, uh, how other people choose to cover the issues is how other people choose to cover the issues. Uh, on this show, we made very clear from the very early days that there was not sufficient evidence of anything remotely approaching the kind of stuff that Sidney Powell was saying to verify anything that she was saying. And then it appeared that she was saying crazy talk from pretty much the beginning. Now, how Fox chose to cover that is, is you know, up to Fox and and presumably they are now willing to pay a penalty to avoid people having to testify. With that said, this sets a kind of interesting defamation standard for the future because the reality is that now you get into the subjective state of mind. The actual, the actual defamation standard now, if you're getting into subjective frame of mind, reckless disregard, for example, reckless disregard of the truth, our networks recklessly disregard the truth like all the time, all the time. I mean, just to take the latest example, the, all over your TV this week, CNN, MSNBC, is going to be spoken the, the untrue statement that America is a systemically racist country in which black people are routinely killed by white people. That will be spread all over your TV. And no one will say a word because, again, it matches the narrative. You will have people on, I mean, we've had Daily Wire hosts attacked on network TV in the most egregious and, law, and untrue ways. And people who are saying it know they're being reckless with the truth, but it doesn't matter. Because, again, defamation standards are unevenly applied. The precedent that this sets is sort of dangerous, legally speaking. And again, what it very often comes down to, and this is always true in a trial setting, is if you believe that the jury is not going to side with you, if you believe the jury is biased against you, you're always better off signing a settlement check. This is, this is just a, a basic, as a lawyer, a basic legal truism. Juries are risky. If you don't want the risk, you don't go to trial. Instead, you settle. Does that mean that Fox lied? It certainly means that Sidney Powell was lying. Does it mean that people were putting things on air they shouldn't have put on air? Listen, again, I covered the issues in a very different way. I would not have put people like Sidney Powell on air because I don't think that Sidney Powell was credible in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the claims that were being made by the Trump campaign that they were not even making in legal filings were credible from the beginning. With that said, yeah, again, other people are, are able to cover these things in other ways, and I'm a little bit uncomfortable, maybe a lot uncomfortable, with the new standard that is being set, which is that, if we are going to err, we err on the side of the of the not asking questions. 
Right? That, that person, when personal belief sides against a particular story, this is now an excuse not to platform the other side. Dominion, for its part, they, uh, they say that uh, Fox is now admitted to telling lies. Here is uh, one of the Dominion attorneys talking about it. Fox and Dominion have reached an, an historic settlement. Fox has admitted to telling lies about Dominion that caused enormous damage to my company, our employees, and the customers that we serve. Nothing can ever make up for that. Okay, so um, again, what Fox is doing mostly is, is preventing people from having to take the stand. That would have included both Rupert Murdoch, Lachlan Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Maria Bartiromo. You can tell, by the way, the media is actually quite disappointed with this outcome, mainly because they're not going to get the spectacle of watching all of these people testify. Now, the problem for Fox is, of course, this is not the only trial that is, that is actually on Fox's radar. Fox News is still facing a $2.7 billion defamation suit from Smartmatic. And given the precedent here, there's a very solid shot they end up settling with Smartmatic as well. According to the Washington Post, in a nearly 300-page complaint filed in New York State Supreme Court in February of 2021, Smartmatic alleged that Fox News knowingly made over 100 false statements and implications about the company, amplifying false information from Donald Trump and his allies that Smartmatic played a role in his election loss. The, uh, the lawyer for Smartmatic released a statement saying Dominion's litigation exposed some of the misconduct and damage caused by Fox's disinformation campaign. Smartmatic will expose the rest. Smartmatic remains committed to clearing its name, recouping the significant damage done to the company and holding Fox accountable for undermining democracy. So it'll be fascinating to see if Murdoch tries to get this one off the table as well. In just a second, we'll get to the media reaction to all of this. Again, there, there's a lot of sort of holier than now going on in the left-wing media, which has settled cases like this for much smaller amounts in the past. Is that momentarily first? This year marks the 75th anniversary of Israel's independence, Yom Hatzmaut. Coincidentally, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is also celebrating 40 years of ministry. Today, thousands of Jews, both in Israel and in war-torn Ukraine, struggle to survive life-threatening crises, including extreme poverty, hunger, and violence in the form of conflict, anti-Semitism, and terrorism. Among those vulnerable people are tens of thousands of Holocaust survivors and elderly Jews who will not survive without basic needs. You know, the simple fact of the matter is, if you, if you head on over to Israel and you check out Yad Vashem, yesterday was Yom HaShoah, you see what people who went through the Holocaust had to suffer. Many of those people are still alive and living in Ukraine right now. You can help them out just 40 bucks to provide one person with an emergency food box and hot meals for a week today. We have a special matching opportunity where your gift will double in impact. A $40 gift becomes an $80 gift. A $100 gift becomes a $200 gift. You see how the math works. Go to benforthefellowship.org or call 800-331-3737 to rush an emergency food box today. Your special gift will double in impact, providing suffering Jews with twice as much nourishment. That's benforthefellowship.org or call 800 800- 331-3737. So, of course, members of the media are celebratory about all of this. Jake Tapper yesterday was, was um, reading the news on CNN, which is a network that has routinely told untruth and, uh, and starts laughing about it. Fox trying to put a f- positive face on what can only be interpreted as one of the ugliest and most embarrassing moments in the history of journalism. Fox... Uh, issued a statement saying, quote, we are pleased to have reached a settlement of our dispute, dispute, with Dominion voting systems. We acknowledge the court's rulings, finding certain claims about Dominion to be false. The settlement reflects, I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to say with a straight face. This settlement reflects Fox's continued commitment to the highest journalistic standards. We are hopeful that our, sorry. Okay, now um, I I will point out here that uh, the, the sort of, Cynicism here from CNN. You know, okay, they, they want to say that Fox News does not have high journalistic standards. CNN's allowed to say that. I will also point out that CNN's journalistic standards are uh, somewhat lacking. 
It was not all that long ago that CNN had to settle a lawsuit from Nick Sandman, you'll recall, over the case in which they said that a kid wearing a MAGA hat had somehow victimized a Native American gentleman when the truth was almost precisely the opposite. According to CNN Business at the time, the settlement allowed CNN to avoid a lengthy and potentially unpredictable trial. Sandman had sought $275 million in damages in the lawsuit that he filed against CNN last March. So CNN did issue an apology, apparently, to, uh, to Nick Sandman at the time. The reality is that people who are watching the news know what they are watching very often. And so there are a lot of people on the left, like, why, why aren't people on Fox who watch Fox News turning off the news? I mean, people were lying. Here's the thing. News consumers, I think, typically are a little smarter than, than commentators tend to think that they are. What I mean by that is that they can, they can discern very often between you know, a lie and, and the truth. And so the fact that, that Fox News was airing a bunch of nonsense from Sidney Powell, it was pretty self-evident to anybody with a brain that Sidney Powell was not telling the truth about all of this. And again, the new standard that is being set up, if you want to go to the, if you want to revise New York Times versus Sullivan and you want to lower the standard for defamation, I, I'm, I'm ready to hear about it. I'd like to hear what exactly the case is because frankly, defamation law in other countries is uh, significantly less liberal than it is in the United States. However, if you're going to say that, that meeting the standard, standard of, of actual defamation, actual malice, now includes, I think very strongly that a thing is not true, but if I air the opposing point of view, then this means I'm guilty of defamation. You're getting into some very dicey territory very quickly. Now, speaking of media airing just absolute lies, outrageous lies, and treating it as the absolute truth, obviously the best example of our times is the lie that boys can become girls and girls can become boys. And this is aired across the media. It is reflected by the, by the Biden administration. But kind of a fascinating tiff has broken out between the Biden administration and one of the most famous, quote unquote, trans people in America. That would be Leah Thomas. Now, Leah Thomas, formerly Will Thomas, uh, is, uh, is a dude. Will Thomas is a very large dude. Will Thomas is a six foot one biological man who ranked 554 against the men when he was an NAA, NCAA swimmer as a man. Then he switched over to swimming as a woman and suddenly was number one in the country as a woman. Well, the Biden administration put out a Title IX guidance suggesting that when there was unfair advantage for men in sports, theoretically, you could have bodies that, that put restrictions on whether trans, trans women could compete against the actual women. And Leah Thomas is very angry about this because as a beautiful woman, Leah Thomas has strong feelings that all women, including women who still have penises, should be allowed to compete with the other women, even if they have like a foot height advantage and, uh, and a lot different musculature. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a Whoa. former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division I NCAA champion. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. This rule is a good start. However, it is not enough. During this time of intense anti-trans backlash, the trans community needs explicit protections from discrimination in order to live our lives freely and equally. Hello, I'm Macho Woman Randy Savage, Randy with an I, and I'm here to tell you that women gotta be able to compete with one another. Yeah, snap into a Slim Jane. Um, this is not a woman. This is a man who wants to compete with women for bleeps and giggles. 
and also because may have some weird fetishes, as has been revealed before. Um, just a, a quick note on the new look from Leah Thomas. So Leah Thomas decided not only was he going to look like a woman, he was going to look like a crazy woman. He was going to he was going to be a a man who believes he is a woman, but doesn't just believe he is a woman, believes he is a woman with horribly colored hair. So, um, yeah, that, that is the case. And the media, by the way, agree that this is a beautiful woman. This is a beautiful, stunning woman. The, mo- the most beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah, sister. Um, so that's, um, that, that's a thing that our media tell us all the time. Not only our media. The, the real villains in this whole saga, according to the Democrats and the media, are, of course, people like Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines is a swimmer who swam against Leah Thomas and finished second because Riley Gaines is a woman. And if you look at a picture of Leah Thomas next to Riley Gaines, it looks like a picture of me next to my nine-year-old daughter. Like, that's, uh, that, that is what the picture looks like. Riley Gaines has about a half a foot height disadvantage and also happens to be a girl. And, um, but but she's, she's the villain. So Katie Porter, one of the more obnoxious Democrats on the Hill, again, famous because she knows what a whiteboard is and sometimes uses one. Well, she was on Bill Maher, and she suggested that Riley Gaines is the problem here. Riley Gaines is out for attention. It's not that she's a woman who was victimized by a man swimming against her and deprived of victory because of that. No, Riley Gaines is out for the likes and the clicks, as opposed to Katie Porter, whose entire career is rooted in likes and clicks. We talked about people, you know, becoming, using things to kind of get likes and get clicks. That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no truck for Riley Gaines personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. Well, she, has so she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. That is something that I trust, I think our sporting bodies should be dealing with. And by the way, Riley is speaking up for herself and that is her prerogative and I respect her free speech. I think she's speaking up for pretty much every female athlete in the world. Katie Porter just getting owned because again, it turns out that all it takes is like a small dose of common sense from Piers Morgan there in order to completely implode the narrative. But the narrative matters more than that. And no amount of facts will change the narrative. And corporate America is behind that narrative as well, which is why the fight between Disney and the state of Florida continues apace. And not just that, Disney is doubling down on its social leftism. So apparently I made headlines a little bit earlier this week when I suggested that Frozen 3, I, I said Frozen 4 because frankly, who cares? But Frozen 3, I said if, if in Frozen 3, Disney decides as widely rumored to make Elsa a lesbian, they will be destroying their company, which of course is true. Because there are a lot of parents out there who have let their kids watch the Frozen series who are not interested in their kids being indoctrinated about alternative sexualities in the middle of a kid's film. And they're not interested in their daughters prancing around in dresses that have now become incredibly politicized and sexualized because of Disney. But Disney is going to double down on that stuff, apparently. Like, this is their new move. The evidence that Disney is going to double down on that we'll get to in just one moment. First, a good life insurance plan can give you peace of mind. You need life insurance if you're a responsible human being. And I have dependents, I have life insurance. You have dependents, you should have life insurance. It really is that simple. This is why you should have Policy Genius. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 25 bucks per month for a million bucks in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius's licensed agents work for you, not the insurance companies, which means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. 
Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net, and you deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, responsibility requires that you get the life insurance that your family needs. And if you change employers, for example, you actually lose your life insurance. Or maybe you can't get enough life insurance via your current employer. Instead, go get it on your own. Go to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. It's not going to cost you an arm and a leg, and it's well worth the cost. Go to policygenius.com slash Shapiro and find the best life insurance. Also, a lot of people on the left share worldview where literally nothing is sacred. Literally. For example, apparently it is fine to be pro-choice and kill babies in the womb or engage in the human sacrifice of, of taking small children and transing them. And the fundamentals of Judeo-Christian law compel us to revere the sacred, including God himself. Commandment number three, thou shalt not take thy God's name in vain, is akin to casual blasphemy. It's not something that we think about a lot, but you know whose mind it did cross. Jordan Peterson's in the latest episode of Exodus, we talked about this concept. Yeah, I've kind of revamped my earlier view about taking the Lord's name in vain. You know, I thought, well, it definitely meant do not take to yourself what is religious to justify your own tyrannical presuppositions. But I also think there is likely an injunction against the casual use of the sacred, right? The casual reference. It's like touching the Ark of the Covenant by mistake. You should... You should be careful when you're treading near holy ground just as a matter of practice. So I, th I think to we modify said it. my speech to take that into account. <laughs> the entire series is just fantastic. It was really a privilege to sit with Jordan. I'm in this part of the series and we sat with esteemed scholars, theologians, and artists to discuss one of the most seminal books in the Bible. New episodes are coming online every single week exclusively for Daily Wire Plus members. Join now at dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. Okay. As I was talking about, Disney is now mobilizing, doubling down on the LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign, happy face emoji, sad face emoji, poop emoji agenda. There was some talk that maybe Disney would moderate its social stances, given the fact that they've actually seen some pretty severe market blowback after deciding to put lesbians in Buzz Lightyear's film, the, the Buzz Lightyear film, uh, and, and to you know, move left with regard to the, the Florida bill, the Parental Rights and Education Act in Florida. Well, no, they're actually just going to keep going with this. And so now the California version of Disneyland is going to be launching their first ever Pride Night. Mickey and Minnie Mouse will be dressed in rainbow costumes because this is really what's important. So before, they've had like gay days at, at Disneyland. This sort of happens informally where a lot of gay people show up and, and are wearing rainbow gear around the around the, the Disneyland, you know, premises. And Disney has been selling like rainbow headgear for, for quite a while. Right? They got like rainbow bows and all this kind of stuff. But it's always fairly subtle. This is not particularly subtle. Disney is now garbing its historic IP in the rainbow flag, in its advertising. And they're fully celebrating this, right? Again, this is all part of the giant kind of cultural battle that Disney has decided to enter into, which is amazing. This is a children's company. It's a children's company. Disney does produce some content for adults. That content does not include Mickey and Minnie Mouse, Donald and Daisy Duck, and Goofy. Okay, th th those typically are not the characters where you're thinking, wow, that's, that's some adult material right there is Minnie and Minnie Mouse. At least not unless you're some one of these weird fanfic people. Uh, now they're they're just going for it. So in their advertising, they're actually just donning out all of the characters in gay pride outfits. And um, they are apparently having a, an LGBTQ-friendly Pride Night event in June. So what are the details? Well, the details are, according to USA Today, these are not to be confused with gay days, which are organized by a third party. These are held directly by Disney. It's a new after-hours event debuting as Disney continues to come under fire for its inclusivity, according to USA Today, because USA Today is a wild left publication. It'll be held June 13th and June 15th at California's Disneyland Park. The specially ticketed event officially begins at 9 p.m. each night after the park closes to guests, but 
Pride Night guests can enter the park as early as 6 p.m., similar to their other after-hours events. The tickets cost $139. bucks. it's a cash grab, obviously. For each guest, aged three and up. Ah, yes, there are no age restrictions on Pride Night. Now, it's, it's perfect for kitties. It's perfect for kitties, obviously. And this is not a shock because this is what Disney has decided to do. And so they are making an, an overt play. The, the market is going to wallop them. Get ready. Over the next few years, Disney's IP, some of the best IP in literally all of human history, is going to be degraded by the left-wingers who actually run Disney and staff its halls. And I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Meanwhile, the battle between the state of Florida and Disney continues. You'll recall that originally what happened here is that Disney got involved for no apparent reason in the Parental Rights and Education Act debate. That bill was widely popular in Florida. All it prevented was K through K through year eight, like eight-year-old students, K through three students from learning about radical LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign, gender theory, and sexual orientation. That's all the bill did. And Disney was like, no, we cannot have this. The kids must be gayed and trans. It's very important that they learn about alternative sexual lifestyles from their public school teacher. And so we will step up and we will yell about it. This will be our thing. And the state of Florida was like, well, um, if you're going to take advantage of special tax breaks, is what Governor Sand said, if you're going to take advantage of special tax breaks, like you have an entire special tax district, we can make that go away. Like the entire idea here is that you are going to stay in your lane. Your lane is providing magical childhood experiences to, you know, children and not getting involved in actual legislation that doesn't impact your business at all. It's one thing if Disney is lobbying on behalf of particular tax laws or employment laws or something, they're a big employer. It's another thing if they just decide to get involved in like the abortion debate. And so Ron DeSantis was like, okay, listen, you guys have the special tax district and this is the way that it works. You guys get out of your lane, you don't get the tax benefits. And Disney then fought back by essentially working to preset all of the rules of the game before there was a transfer of power from the special Disney district to the new board that had been created to oversee Reedy Creek. It was pretty obviously illegal move. I mean, they, they, they did it like right at the very end. It was meant to be a way of evading the, the actual law that was about to kick in. So Governor DeSantis, over the last couple of days, he says he's going to go after Disney in new and interesting ways. Uh, it allowed us to have the state now in charge uh, of this special district with uh, five members that were appointed by, by the governor. This was something that was litigated. This is something that the voters understood. And, and not only did the, the legislature uh, come back in ways that vindicated our position, we won big. So, so the reality is, uh, clearly, that's the direction we were going to go. Uh, no more self-government. Uh, and they just didn't care. I mean, they thought that they could create some type of development agreements that would essentially render everything that we did uh, null and void and put them in control in perpetuity uh, for this. Well, uh, that's not going to work. That's not going to fly. Okay. now what DeSantis is suggesting is a bunch of actions that the state could take, because even if you've got those development agreements in place, guess what? The state can still declare, for example, a state park or maybe open Reedy Creek to other amusement parks because you guys don't actually run the place anymore. And then he uh, jokingly theorized that maybe they would drop a prison there, which of course they're not going to do because that would completely undermine the tourism industry in the state of Florida. That was a joke. And the media, of course, treated it as not a joke because this is their favorite thing. Bob Iger, Disney's chief executive, previously characterized DeSantis as, quote, anti-business and anti-Florida for his actions. But it turns out that, you know, who's anti-business and anti-Florida? Well, it would be your business because you're not actually making smart business decisions. 
They're making stupid business decisions that are against the voting of the people of Florida. All to please your left-wing base, Bob Iger. This is Iger shtick. Remember, Iger is a big Democratic donor. There was even talk that he might run for president as a Democrat. And so he's decided to take one of the largest and most historic American companies ever created and completely twist it to his perverse political desires and then yell and scream when there are consequences to his actions. The company apparently is, uh, is, has earmarked more than $17 billion in spending at the resort over the next decade. But Iger is signaling that uh, future investment in Disney World could be at risk. Nah, what are you going to do? Go build in Puerto Rico? It's fun to watch all the idiots like Farhad Manju at the New York Times. Like, ah, just pick up Disney World and move it. Yeah, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Well, we're not talking $17 billion in cost at that point. Now you're talking like 50 to $100 billion in cost to do that sort of thing. DeSantis and Walt Disney Company have been sparring for more than a year over that tax district. And, uh, and you know, again, DeSantis is not going to let it go, which he should not, frankly. And it is Disney's job to get out of the way here. If you decide to play, then you don't get to have special rules. You get the same rules that apply to SeaWorld. You get the same rules that apply to Universal Studios. You get the same rules that apply to everybody else. But Disney has decided that its, that it's actual political priorities matter more than its business. And so, you know, who's going to pay? The stockholders. Listen, stockholders, you didn't like Bob Chapek because you didn't like what just happened over the past couple of years. Get ready for more because the truth is Chapek was a stopgap and actually a more moderate replacement for Iger. Iger is the one who put all this crap in place. And Iger is the one who's going to keep doubling down on it because, again, he has his political priorities. Meanwhile, it's fun to watch members of the left suddenly figure out that they don't like it when, when the government gets involved in business issues. Suddenly they're libertarian. Here's MSNBC declaring DeSantis un-American for going after the special tax district for, for Disney. And his behavior taking on Disney is uh, not only petulant, but should be concerning to people who claim that they're free market conservatives because political retribution against a private company is definitely not conservative and quite frankly, un-American. It's un-American now. Oh, I'm, uh, fun, to, fun to hear this from, from folks over on MSNBC who have yet to find a project they don't want the government to intervene with unless it is uh, saving unborn babies or telling corporations not to involve themselves in social issues. And meanwhile, you have dullards like Chris Christie. Chris Christie is one of the more annoying people in American politics. I mean, truly. Chris Christie is a blowhard loudmouth who served one good term as New Jersey governor and then completely imploded upon himself and then proceeded in, a, in one of history's most famous political murder-suicides to take out Marco Rubio, like in the bumper car race that was the 2016 primaries, and uh, take himself out at the same exact time. Well, now he's attacking Ron DeSantis. He, he's, he has nothing to say really about Trump, but he's, he's very angry at DeSantis, apparently. He says, this isn't the guy I want sitting across from President Xi or sitting across from Putin or trying to resolve what's happening in Ukraine. If you can't see around a corner that Bob Iger created for you, I don't think Ron DeSantis is a conservative. So in other words, you think he's too harsh with Disney, so you don't want him sitting with Xi or Putin. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is weirdly attacking DeSantis. Like, he's actually running at DeSantis from the left, which is a very weird move in a presidential primary, especially when Trump's whole thing is macho man, he's super macho. He's, he, he is Donald Trump destroyer, you know, reaper. Uh, th this is kind of a weird whiny take. He said Disney's next move will be the announcement that no more money will be invested in Florida because of the governor. In fact, they could even announce a slow withdrawal or sale of certain properties or the whole thing. Watch, that would be a killer. In the meantime, this is also unnecessary, a political stunt. Ron should work on the squatter mess. So now Donald Trump is saying that, that DeSantis should lay off of Disney just a, a few days after his son declared that conservatives should lay off of Bud Light. It sounds like uh, real conservative, real conservative stuff. The, the most important thing for Trump, by the way, is that he, uh, over the past couple of days, launched a project of his own. This, of course, would be, he, he launched another round of non-fungible tokens. Very exciting stuff. So Ron DeSantis is fighting Disney to help 
tried to prevent one of the world's most powerful cultural organizations from going completely woke and indoctrinating kids and involving itself in ultra-crepidarian politics. And Donald Trump is releasing pictures of himself holding the Liberty Bell. Quote, I am pleased to inform you that due to the great success of my previously launched digital trading cards, we're doing it again. Series two, available right now. Go to collecttrumpcards.com. Have fun. Deeply important work being done. Deeply important work. By the way, it is important to know here that one of the reasons the left is so fearful of DeSantis is because he actually knows what he's doing. He actually does know what he is doing. When you're considering your primary vote, you might consider, one, who can win, two, who's going to be able to actually do things once they win. According to the Washington Post, in one of the most, um, I would say, frightened pieces I've ever seen, quote, how DeSantis became Florida's most powerful governor in a generation. State lawmakers are passing the governor's legislative agenda with a speed some find alarming. If you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, this should make you very happy because this is how it's going to work. This is, this is how you actually achieve things. Worth noting at this point, by the way, that the polls are coming back together a little bit in terms of a Trump versus DeSantis. New polls have Trump's bump post-indictment dropping by about 10 points. A couple of weeks ago, he was up, by, he was up over DeSantis, 57-31. DeSantis picked up five points. Trump has lost five points. So now he's up 16 as opposed to 26. The polls are starting to come back together again, which shouldn't be a shock. They were pretty close up until the indictment. Well, we'll get to more on this in just one second. First, as many of you know, our family recently got a dog. He's a very cute dog. He's a good dog. Is happy. Happy. And that's, that's a tolerant dog. He is um, really nice with my kids. Like my son really roughhouses with this dog. And this dog is just, he's a sweetie. He's a really good dog. Well, we all want happy to live a long, healthy, and happy life, which is why I'm excited to give him Rough Greens. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, the founder of Rough Greens, is focused on improving the health of every dog in America. The dog food you've been giving your dog is dead food, which doesn't have a lot of nutritional value. That's why I've started supplementing Happy's Diet with Rough Greens. Rough Greens is a supplement that contains all the necessary vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega oils, digestive enzymes, and antioxidants your dog needs. You don't have to go out and buy new dog food. Just sprinkle some Rough Greens on their food every day. Dog owners everywhere are raving about Rough Greens. It supports healthy joints, improves bad breath, boosts energy levels, and a lot more. We are what we eat, and that goes for our dogs, too. Because we love happy, we want happy to be healthy and happy, which is one of the reasons we use Rough Greens. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black is so confident Rough Greens will improve your dog's health. He's offering my listeners a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can actually try it. That's a free Jumpstart trial bag. It can be at your door in just a few business days. Head on over to freeroughgreens.com slash Ben. Let Rough Greens bring your dog's food back to life. That's free, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Ben today. Or call 833-MY-DOG-33. That's 833-MY-DOG-33. Well, meanwhile, the media continue to fulminate over the the shooting of Ralph Yarl. Again, it's a horrible case. I mean, there's a case in which a 16-year-old black kid walked up to the wrong door, knocked on the door, apparently was shot through the door by an 84-year-old man, a white man. And this, of course, turned into national news because this is supposed to be emblematic of the entire racial situation in the United States. We talked about yesterday on the show, that's absolute nonsense. The fact is that 84% of all violent crimes, according to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, committed interracially between blacks and whites are black on white, not white on black. But That doesn't matter to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is going with it, right? Joe Biden needs the racial narrative because again, Democrats prey on racial narratives in order to win votes. He tweeted out last night, I had a chance to call Ralph Yarl and his family. No parent should have to worry that their kid will be shot after ringing the wrong doorbell. We've got to keep up the fight against gun violence. And Ralph, we'll see you in the Oval once you feel better. So the rules are you either win an NCAA championship or you're a black person who gets shot by a white person. Those are the people who get to go to the White House, uh, according to Joe Biden. What's amazing about this and what's obviously amazing about this, you know who won't be? called to the White House, is the family of Kaylin Gillis. Who the hell is Kaylin Gillis? 
Well, you'll never hear of her again. The reason you won't hear of her again is because her situation is almost exactly the same as Ralph Yarl's, except she's a white lady who got shot by a white guy. So that's not worthy of media note, because again, it doesn't back a false racial narrative, which is that black people are at systemic risk of death because of white racism and white supremacy in the United States. The New York Times, the same day that the Ralph Yarl story broke, story in the New York Times, but this will end up in the local news stories. Man charged with murder and shooting of woman who went up wrong driveway. A man in upstate New York was charged with murder on Monday in the killing of a woman who was in a car that mistakenly drove into his driveway, according to officials. The woman and the three friends she was with never got out of the car on Saturday night, according to Jeffrey Murphy, the Washington County Sheriff. They were turning around after realizing their error when the man, Kevin Monahan, 65, stepped out of the house in Hebron, New York, and fired at least two shots at the car, according to the sheriff. One of the bullets struck the woman, killing Gillis, 20, and the group drove about six miles to a nearby town before they got through to 911. Emergency services workers responded and performed life-saving measures on Gillis. She was pronounced dead instead. Sheriff Murphy described the killing of Gillis, who lived in Schuylerville, New York, about 20 miles from where the shooting happened. It's very sad. He said he knew for a fact she comes from a good family. He knew her personally. He said she was an innocent young girl who was out with friends looking for another friend's house. Unfortunately, they drove up the wrong driveway. So according to the lawyer for the defense, it was a series of errors which resulted in a tragedy. Now, the reason I point this out is because this is exactly the same case as Ralph Yarrow, except the races are different. Person went up the wrong driveway, got shot. Same in both cases. Doesn't matter. One of these will be a local news story. One of them will be in the news for weeks on end and will be invited to the White House because the narrative must be promoted at all costs. That is all that matters to people like Joe Biden. All that matters to people like Joe Biden is that racial narrative. And by the way, he will extend that racial narrative to things that are completely inapposite and inappropriate. So yesterday, for example, was Yom HaShoah in Israel. Yom HaShoah is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh, it's kind of an amazing thing in Israel. Like literally the entire country shuts down a particular preset time of the day. They stop all the cars. Everybody gets out of their car. Okay, and anyway, President Biden decided that he was going to tweet out on Holocaust Remembrance Day. And he tweeted out this quote. On Holocaust Remembrance Day, we grieve the six million Jews and millions of other innocent lives lost during one of the darkest chapters in history. We can't redeem the past, but we can commit to building a future where we uphold the values of justice, equality, and diversity. Okay, so... Holocaust Remembrance Day is about the Jews. This attempt to all lives matter, the Holocaust, is kind of interesting coming from the president of the United States. There's been an attempt when it comes to the Holocaust to flatten it out into a story about man's inhumanity to man. That is not really what the Holocaust is about. You want examples of man's inhumanity to man? Look all over the world at any given time. People are being inhumane to each other and evil to each other all over the world at any given time. What's unique about the Holocaust, what makes it different, it was the systematic murder of six million people because of their ethnicity and specifically because of their faith and ethnicity. It was specifically about the targeting of Jews, the age-old problem of anti-Semitism in its most virulently evil form during the Holocaust. Does Joe Biden have anything to say about that? No, because that might raise weird questions about some members of his own party if you start talking about anti-Semitism. It might start raising weird questions about, for example, the Middle East, where Hamas is a genocidal anti-Jewish group that claims that it wants to kill every Jew in the area, or about Iran and his foreign policy. So instead, he's going to sidestep that, and the Holocaust turns into a discussion about man's inhumanity to man. This presumably is how you end up with social media posts that liken black Americans to Jews during the Holocaust. This kind of stuff was happening yesterday. I mean, this sort of stuff is silly and it's nonsensical. But again, the narrative is the narrative and it must be preserved at all costs. Okay, time for a thing I like and then we'll get to some things that I hate. So, things that I like. So there's a new tra trailer for the newest MCU movie, The Marvels. Uh, it looks bad, the trailer. And people didn't like it. 
which means, of course, that it's, it's toxic fandom. The way that it works now is that studios like Disney, right, because Disney owns Marvel, that these studios decide that they're going to go woke and then people don't like the wokeness or they don't like the quality. And they're like, this is toxic fandom. You just don't like the Asian girl in the, in the Star Wars movies. That's why you're doing this. It's not because you think Rose is a terrible character. It's because she's Asian and you hate Asians because you're a toxic fan. It's not that you think that The Last Jedi is a bad movie because, honest to goodness, it's, it's a truly crappy movie. It's not because of that. They, they, you, it, you hate it because you are a sexist who doesn't believe that a girl like Rey could be powerful. So they're doing the same thing now with regard to the Marvels. Here's a bit of the trailer. You decide whether you like this stuff or not. For Kamala Khan. Okay, so our powers are entangled. I can manipulate light energy, and you, I can totally show you. No! 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 Not again! Hi. Where's our daughter? Wherever you were. Isn't that just girl Ghostbusters again? I mean, like, did, did, did you like that? If you did, why? Explain it to me. What about that made it good? First of all, Brie Larson as uh, Captain Marvel is one of the worst superhero characters ever. She's like Superman, but with no flaws at all and also incredibly dull. Um, but um, apparently this means you're a toxic fan if you didn't like this. So the, uh, there, there are sites like Screen Rant suggesting that bots are being used in order to in order to downvote the trailer for this thing. Yahoo says, two of the many negative comments on the upcoming superhero movies trailer read, Captain Feminist and the Patriarchy Stone. What a piece of crap. Marvel Disney has gone off the deep end once again. It seems Disney is willing to decimate and destroy anything we remember about Marvel Comics just to push their narrative. And then, of course, Yahoo says, well, the team up between the trio of superheroes should excite longtime comic book fans. Should it, though? Are any of these characters characters that you either recognize or care about? Why? The trailer has unfortunately been met with a barrage of dislikes and negative comments, receiving backlash from a toxic group within the fa- toxic fandom. Toxic fandom. <laughs> Some of the comments, by the way, are really funny on YouTube. It was Breitbart reporting. John Nolte he does a good job over there. Some of the comments were like, I love the part where Kamala said, it's Marvel in time and Marved all over them. <laughs> this song deserved a better video. I'd rather watch Morbius while getting waterboarded. I liked the part at the end when it was over. Yeah, uh, agree. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Okay, so let's talk about Emma Watson. So one of the things that is truly amazing about all of these stars of the Harry Potter film franchise is that they are supposedly, you know, great heroes now. They have the, the guy who played Harry Potter, who's not been famous since, right, going out there and, and being in favor of transing the kids and angry at J.K. Rowling. He's only famous because he played a part that J.K. Rowling wrote. And, um, and you've got... Yeah, yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. I don't care about his name. Thank, thanks, producers. I don't care. Uh, and, uh, and Emma Watson, who plays Hermione. And uh, Hermione has become a world historical figure, a very famous person, because she, of course, is politically on the left. Well, um, 
it turns out that she's also a crazy person. And this is one of the things that you will notice about the way that the media covers celebrities. If celebrities, so first of all, virtually all celebrities are nuts. I spent a lot of time with celebrities, unfortunately. Many of them are just crazy as bleep. I mean, just nutty off the wall. Because the thing is, when you become a celebrity, you get utterly removed from reality. You're surrounded by a bubble of people who are sycophants or constantly telling you that everything you say and do is a good idea. It, it happens all the time. Unless you like actually construct a life in which this does not happen. Right? This, this is how I, the way I've constructed my life as a quasi-celebrity is that I got married 15 years ago, well before I was a celebrity. I'm part of a deep and abiding religious community with commitment to a faith beyond myself. And I'm very enmeshed in that community where no one cares that I'm well-known. Like, it's just not an issue. That's not how most celebrities are. Most celebrities, get tra- because they're not embedded in community, because they didn't get married young, because they don't have kids, right? because of all of this sort of stuff, they end up in a very weird mental space. But they have the right politics. And so we are supposed to ignore the fact that they're crazy because they have the right politics. That's the way this works. So when you see a right-wing celebrity and that person is crazy, the media's like, ah, he's crazy. That dude is nuts, right? That's a, that's a crazy guy. When it's a left-wing celebrity who is similarly nuts, like, well, but they are a hero. But they are a hero. And when, when, when the left looks at Kid Rock, they're like, oh, that guy's nuts. He's not nuts because he's actually like, you know, a rock star and kind of crazy. No, the reason that Kid Rock is nuts is because he's on the right. But Emma Watson, she's a heroine. I mean, she speaks at the UN about the abortions. So, I mean, just look, look at her political. Because she's an abortion hero, this means that we have, to, um, we have to pretend that she's actually not a crazy person, but she's kind of a crazy person. Especially child stars, by the way. Child stars go crazy. Children should not be exposed. Any parent who wants their child to be a star is screwing up their parent. They're doing the wrong thing. Child stars are notorious for going off the rails and completely falling apart as they get older. Emma Watson apparently is no example, is, is no exception to that rule. So for example, back in 2018, she was promoting abortion. She says, it was a great honor to be asked by Porter Magazine to pay the deepest respect to the legacy of Dr. Savita Halapanavar, whose death powered the determination of activists to change Irish abortion laws and fight for reproductive justice all over the world. And she spoke at the UN and she was a, she was a female rights hero. She's a female rights hero, not just an actress who as a child became famous, but like a real, there's only one problem. She cray. So back in 2019, for example, here was Emma Watson, hero, talking about her relationship status. I never believed the whole I'm happy single mm. spiel. Mm. I was like, this is spiel. Yeah. This is totally Isn't spiel. Isn't it interesting the stuff that we take I in know. and have to unpack? It took me a long time, but I'm very happy. I call it being self-partnered. Right, right. Right, right. When guardian, I'm so lonely. It's a, yeah, she's a, she's crazy. Okay, but, that's an old example of her being crazy. The reason this comes up today is because of the new example of her being crazy. So yesterday, it was her 33rd birthday. And here is what she posted. Civil rights hero. And again, because she has the right politics, we're going to ignore the fact that she is. So here's what she, she posted. Quote, this is 33. Holy moly. Before 29, I hadn't even heard of a Saturn return as a concept. Let's just say that I am now well acquainted. I stepped away from my life. I learned to surf badly. I rode some horses. That went better. Did a lot of therapy. Yes, therapy. My brother and I joined forces. I adopted Sophia in Mexico, who seems to be an angel, not a dog. We filmed a Harry Potter reunion. I said goodbye to my grandma and grandpa. I retraced my steps. I started a women's environmental investment fund. I played pickleball with Sugar Ray Leonard. I even played golf and then tried to make all my girlfriends learn too. I cut my thumbnail off on both hands, trying to cook for myself. How? How is that even possible? And then I was only able to do things one-handed for months. How, how, How do you cut off your thumbnail on both hands trying to cook? 
Like with a frying pan? Like, like, like with a knife? Like what? I, feel, I felt really sad and really pissed off about a lot of things. Huh? That, that is unsurprising. I learned more about love and being a woman. Well, you, you could have asked Leah Thomas about being a woman. That's the shortcut for Dylan Mulvaney. It took me three years, but I have finally figured out a daily practice and can actually keep it for more than a few days in a row. I burned some things down. I eat green things now. I got obsessed with making Squarespace websites. I directed my first commercial. These pictures were actually taken on my birthday last year, but I wasn't ready to come out of my COVID cocoon. Today, I feel like a butterfly. Wait, you weren't ready to come out of your COVID cocoon in April of 2022? Okay. Thank you to the witches in my coven who are so pivotal in helping me arrive at where and who I am now. Witches in your coven. Uh, witches in your coven. Yes, paganism. It's back. You are my Avengers and you inspire me and kick ass. It takes a village. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And lastly, thank you, my brother, for helping me find the most challenging things with time. Incredibly funny. Thank you. And then she thanks all of her, all of her various friends. Uh, yeah, man. Okay, but here's the part that's crazy. What the hell is a Saturn return? It turns out that she is saying that the stars are changing her life. A Saturn return, because I'm a sane person, I had no idea what this was. Because I'm not a crazy person who believes that the stars control the course of my life, you know, like an ancient pagan. Apparently, a Saturn return, this is according to uh, ShawneeNicholas.com, is when the planet Saturn finds its way back to the same place it was when you were born. It takes between 27 and 30 years for Saturn to travel through the Zodiac. So that means everyone goes through a Saturn return at the end of their 20s, 50s, and 80s. And apparently, this has some horoscopic significance. Um, and uh, this is where you supposedly leave youth behind and enter adulthood based on the rotation of the planet Saturn, which does not care about you because it is a planet in space rotating based on the forces of gravity and, and various other forces. Um, so here's what we should think. Okay, I have, I have a quick rule about celebrities. Okay. Sometimes they say things that, that are, you know, okay. Live by the celebrity, fill in the blank. Live by the celebrity, die by the celebrity. Always, always. But again, nobody's ever going to pay attention to the fact that Emma Watson, because she has the right politics. And that's the way this works. If you're a right-wing celebrity and you have the wrong politics and you say, think everybody notices you're crazy. If you're a left-wing celebrity and you're crazy, but you say the right things, that is, a, that is a shield and a sword for all of your nuttiness forevermore. All righty, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be speaking with the head of Preborn, trying to save babies, Dan Steiner. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free and all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. 